It's six-pack double feature. Two friends, two movies, two mics, and too many beers. They watch, they drink, they talk, you listen. Today, Nathan and Travis examine the dual nature of Arnold Schwarzenegger? Really? Anyway, they watch Predator and Total Recall. Now get to the chopper! In a part of the world where there are no rules. We pick up their trailer at the chopper, run them down, grab those hostages before anybody knows we were there. What do you mean, we? Deep in the jungle, where nothing that lives is safe. You lose it here. You're in a world of hurt. Showtime, kid. Not. An elite rescue squad. You're bleeding, man. I ain't got time to bleed. <laughs> is being led by the ultimate warrior. We need the best. That's why you're here. But now... Let's got Billy so spooked. There's something out there waiting for us. No blood, no bodies. We hit nothing. It kills for pleasure. He ah! was skinned alive. It hunts for sport. He's killing us one at a time. We're all gonna die. But this time, it takes the wrong man to hunt. If it bleeds, we can kill it. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Predator. The hunt begins Friday, June 12th at theaters everywhere. Nathan started the clip and uh, pointed out that I had no beer, and I can't uh, can't review movies without beer. That's a little difficult. So, it kind of defeats the purpose of the name of the podcast. A little bit, yeah. Uh, which is what? Uh, it will be a six-pack double feature. It's the uh, podcast where we uh, review movies and drink beer. I'm Travis. I'm Nathan. I'm still winded. <sighs> what are you drinking today? Drinking uh, Sam Adams Summer Ale. Mm. It seems appropriate for the movies we're reviewing. A couple of summer Arnold Schwarzenegger blockbusters. Oh, man. I'm, uh, I'm drinking uh, good old Miller High Life. I was going to grab the Tecate in the fridge, but you pointed out it was yours, and I can't drink a person's last beer, so... I went with good old reliable Miller High Life. The champagne. The champagne of beers. The champagne of beers. So, if you're uh, back with us again, thank you. Welcome. Clearly, movie number one is Predator. Clearly. (laughs) Opening Um, up in theaters June 12th. 31 years years ago. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, First off, I'm going to get this out of the way. A couple of things. There will be spoilers in this if you <laughs> haven't if you haven't found time in the last twenty five to thirty some years to watch Predator and Total Recall, or a week or so since our last episode, and since we told you <laughs> that's what we're watching next. Go ahead and get ready if you haven't already. Also, secondly, uh, get this out of the way as well. I love Predator. <laughs> yeah, not gonna be. Uh, it's gonna be evident. That that is the case. So, off we go. What's the plot, Nathan? Well, in Predator, (laughs) a group of commandos are sent into South America on a rescue mission for possible survivors of a downed helicopter. Uh, Once they are deployed into a remote part of the jungle, they soon discover that they've been deceived, being used to collect intelligence. However, this deception is the least of their worries, as they are being hunted by something not of this world. It ain't no man, whatever it is. Whatever's out there, ain't no man. It's like the jungle came alive. And it, it took him. Mm-hmm. I remember my cousins, uh, this came out when I was six or seven, and my cousin Jane, uh, I think her boyfriend at the time had it on. My aunt was, my aunt was the cool aunt, and she had all the movie channels and stuff. <laughs> and they were watching it, and it, I remember it. I remember the scene where uh, uh, Dylan gets his come up and stare at the end. And <laughs> Dylan, <laughs> <laughs> I remember thinking the blood looked so real and, and gross. Yeah. Now not so much, but well, when you're it, seven, yeah, when you're seven, it's especially it, visceral. Not as much when you're an adult. It's realistic still, but it's just. And going back and, and editing, cutting up... Spoiler again, kids, I've, I've edited all these podcasts uh, for your benefit. Uh, <laughs> I, 
find listening and, to myself and ours. And ours, yeah, yeah. We want you coming back. Uh, a lot of these have a nostalgia trip for me as to why I like them. I think this would play well today. Predator would, I think, play well today. But it was sort of made as a joke. Uh, I forget who said it, but it might have been, might have been Stallone himself. But uh, if they ever make Rocky Five, it's going to have to be he fights an alien. Because he's beat everyone. He's else beat it, yeah. Every every he's beat the Russians, so he's beat everybody else. He's gonna have to come down. This would be a completely different type of movie with Stallone. But it would be bad. It would not be watchable. Yeah. I find I find Stallone's movies to be not watchable. I, I'm not I'm not a fan of his. There, yeah, there I said. There it. are a handful that I can handle, and most of those that I fit in my hand are the Rocky movies, mm. and those are more nostalgia than the fact that man, Stallone. Such an amazing actor. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of going off script on this one, so let me uh, let me gather my uh, gather your thoughts, my info. I mean, Man, I tell you, the way they they film, the way this film is like framed itself, it's like the jungle is like another character. Absolutely, yeah. And you, it, it creates this fantastic claustrophobic feel mm-hmm. where you can't feel like there's an exit, like there's a way out. You ever been in like woods or jungle that thick? No, not, not the jungles of Tennessee, but it's it's. I've never been in like a super jungle like that, but it's it's they they nail it. It's that oppressive sort of. Yeah. But it's not it's not so much that it it gets to you, but that's that's a good point to make. Um, it was originally supposed to be called Hunter, which I think I think they changed that because they didn't want to get it mixed up with the TV series <laughs> starring uh, what's his name? Yeah, I can't remember his name. Uh, it's Fred something. I think Fred Fred Dyer or Dwyer, which completely off topic. He was like a, I think he was a linebacker for the Rams. I don't remember Hunter, but I definitely remember the Rockford Files. And I was driving around the other day and couldn't find anything on the radio. And I went to like it was Hippie Radio, and they were playing the Rockford Files theme song. Made my day. There's your there's your uh, attention deficit moment of the day, kids. <laughs> they, uh, they send Dutch and his team. Dutch is played by Schwarzenegger. They send him in. <laughs> Here, cabinet minister and his aide are shot down by gorillas. Apollo Creed, uh, played by Carl Weathers, nominates Dutch and his crew as the rescue team. <laughs> Apollo Creed, played by. <laughs> that, I think it might have been a nice, cute, a, a little bit more of a nod toward this was supposed to be Rocky Five because Apollo Creed. I never even thought about it. Like, yeah, they resurrect him, <laughs> throw him in the jungle, and make him a, a member of the CIA. Because the last relevant movie that he did was. Action Jackson, which is not really a relevant movie. I've never seen. I it. I may have seen clips. I know of it. I know, like I remember <clears throat> what the box looked like going at the video store. I kind of remember that, but I honestly thought that was a porn. <laughs> I, I don't remember. I don't remember the box. I just thought the movie Action Jackson. I remember was a him standing there with a gun and a girl standing like they were standing back to back, and I it's something along those lines. And I kind of remember that, but I don't remember going, man. I want to see that. I know that for a fact. The only things I want to see involving Carl Weathers are this and Arrested Development. With, with all no, respect, with to, no disrespect to Rocky. Are you no. sure? <laughs> I, look, man, maybe we should watch Rocky for one of these. Like, I should actually watch it, watch it, because I've never, I don't think, ever really seen it. The first one is really good. That's what everybody says. The rest are popcorn flicks. Sure. Oh, they they move that way. They start moving away from the more intimate, kind of independent feel when they go to two. By the time you got Mr. T, Mr. T, Clubber it's definitely Lane. the it's cash def- grab. It's the cash grab. It's it's definitely much more on um, the feel of a popcorn flick rather than an, a more intelligent film. Because I mean, honestly, I'd say intelligent, but the first Rocky is heartfelt. More. Is more heartfelt, yeah. yeah. And by the time you get to four, I mean, that movie is like 94 minutes and 87 minutes of it is training montage. <laughs> it's like a 90-minute music video. If you're still with us, we are still talking about Predator. Just <laughs> you haven't by, already deleted this from your phone. Like, All right, I'm finished with these guys. By way of Rocky for a few minutes there. Um, something I noticed um, at, at large with the movie is they sort of um, they sort of copped the thing Spielberg oh. had to do with Jaws. You did exactly. You, I wrote that down last night. I was like, it plays off the tricks that Spielberg did with Jaws, where you don't see a lot of the creature for most of the film, just glimpses until you get that final reveal, and the playoff is fantastic. Yeah, I, which I think 
just like he he had to do it with Jaws, but yeah, and they may have. And the shark now looks fake, but it's still a brilliant movie. Yeah, but the they may not have had to do it with Predator, but I'm sure no. it saved him some money, uh, and it definitely ramps up the tension. And those I, visuals still get me thirty years later. They, they hold up. They, yeah, the visuals hold up. This is just going to be us really just waxing how much we love Predator. There's really not going to be, I don't think, a lot of insight yeah. to the psychology. Uh, but, I mean, it gets the... it gets a rap as sort of a bonehead action movie, and, and it is. But it's, it's, I won't say a thinking man's action movie. That's more like Terminator. Well, they look. But, they even kind of coined that when we get to Total Recall a little later in this episode. They kind of coined Total Recall to an extent as a thinking man's action movie, to a degree because it is. It's a little more cerebral in, sure. its, in its concept, but, I mean, um, you think about this movie, there's not a lot of dialogue, which works. No. But the fact that the last third, there's so little, but they that it still keeps you But the riveted. pacing is still good. The pacing overall is good. The story is, is pretty boilerplate. It's nothing weird. Nothing comes out of left field. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's a couple of, I wouldn't call them cheap scares, but, you know, the stabs. Right. Um, uh, when people... Just all of a sudden, get their heads blown off, or you find skinned corpses hanging thirty-five, yeah. forty feet up in trees. It's a little jarring—not jarring, but no, it is whoa, a little jarring. Shit, I wasn't expecting to see that. Whoa, you know? hey, that's a spine and a skull connected still, and it's still dripping <laughs> with vitality, with goo, <laughs> slightly expired vitality. <laughs> oh man, yeah, it moves. It it, it moves. Flawlessly, I would almost say. Yeah, it's. There's no weird dead spots in it. No, it's lean and mean. It's about 145 minutes. It's it's under two hours. But it doesn't feel like it. No. There's never there's never a dull. There's spot. never really a dull spot. It slows down when it needs to for you know to get some. You need to catch your breath. Yeah, uh, and a little character development, but a little bit of like oh. Uh, Mac and Blaine are like their their old war buddies from somewhere else, and there's a little bit of a. You know, they're romance. Yeah, yeah. They're. I've I've never been in the military, so I can't speak to that sort of camaraderie. But they 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 play it off, or they play it. I think well enough. I mean, it plays to an extent. It kind of has that feel of a Vietnam movie without necessarily without being about Vietnam. Sure. There's still that feel of the guerrilla warfare mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. they're being hunted by the hunter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fun bit of trivia. I've known this for a while. I didn't have to dig for this but uh the guy in the suit is uh kevin peter hall is that your dog snoring that is my dog snoring <laughs> and really it doesn't show up as much as you'd think but we hear it more than we would hear it listening to the podcast yeah, itself okay. yeah um <laughs> he's he's a little ill he had, he had he's got he's got bad joints so mm-hmm. um the guy in the suit is kevin peter hall who played uh he was one of the aliens in Actually, he was the alien, I believe, in Alien. Okay. Guy in the suit, which is kind of cool because it's from the same universe. Yeah. But it was originally supposed Initially, to be... it wasn't the same universe until they decided to make it. Well, it's, they're universe. both created by H.R. Geiger, or Geeker, however you say it. Okay, yeah. I didn't know that. Uh, so all the mandible. He's weird, man. It's a weird documentary on Netflix about him called Dark Dark Star or Dark World or something. Mm-hmm. Try it. I couldn't get all the way through it. He's... He looks like he probably has corpses in his basement. Like he's either gotten them himself or he's purchased them from he's some... He's a weirdo. He's weird. And a lot of his artwork is very phallic. Yes. But we won't talk about that until we, at some point, talk about either Alien or Aliens. <laughs> we'll yeah, revisit I'd that totally later. like to do Alien. <laughs> uh, but it was originally the guy in the suit was Jean-Claude Van Damme. Oh, yeah. I remember hearing about that, too. And he was too small... Like height wise, too much of a pansy. From what I also heard, is that oh, he, he pitched was a bit, of, yeah. Oh, he's a bit of a crybaby. From what they said on set, which doesn't surprise me because he seems like a crybaby type of individual. He's a bit of a piss ass. <clears throat> a little is he built? Yeah, he's, he's Belgian. Yeah, he speaks muscles. French because yeah, but he's Belgian. Yeah, he's five ten and Arnold is six two, and the predator was supposed to tower over Arnold. So that was not happening. No, Jean Claude. Yeah, right Kevin Peter Hall is seven foot three. So there you have it. You go from somebody that's almost a foot shorter to a foot taller. Did you know that he's um, he's the helicopter pilot at the end of the movie? Yes, I did. I did. Yeah. And uh, that's kind of cool. I just I just found that out not long ago. If I had known before, I had completely forgotten until I was re reminded of it. I'm like, oh, that's right. 
I do that every time I watch Predator. I pull up IMDb and, and like, go. I stroll through and go. Oh, that's trivia. interesting. And yeah. then they go through all the guns. And I'm like, wow, I have no idea what those are. That's I skip that crap. That's like <laughs> I normally that's do like too. A car well, magazine to me. <laughs> it's too. It's too technical for me to care. There's, they're just mich- I do know that I've read before, as with Rainbow movies and and movies like this, when they just unload a machine gun like that and yell. And yell, yeah, but machine guns aren't made to have sustained action like that. Like, it would literally melt the barrel. Or lock it up, something. Yeah, yeah. And it would, other than uh, Max deforestation gun, as I call it here, the, the minigun, old, uh-huh. old, whatever, old Bessie or whatever he calls it. Uh, old Painless? Painless, old yeah. Painless. Where I got Bessie, I don't know. I don't know. Old Painless. Uh, well, initially, you'd think it would make sense that he would name it kind of like pilots would name their planes... Sure. After a woman, but yeah, it is. I believe it's old, painless. Um, is there anything that doesn't work? No. For what you? did I put here? Um, what doesn't work? And it's blank. And it goes, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even say no. I didn't even point that out. I probably watch this movie a couple times a year. Oh yeah, at least annually. Mm-hmm. For sure. It's usually in annual rotation. Probably like when I do. Die Hard. Usually I watch Die Hard at least once every year, and it's usually... Christmas? Christmas time. I'll watch it anytime, but Lisa and I have that tradition now of watching the non-Christmas Christmas Christmas movies, movies that aren't about Christmas, but take place during the holiday season. Pretty consistent. It goes in the player every year. For those of you that don't know, Lisa is Nathan's wife. Yeah. Most of you probably know that. I may have said it in an earlier episode, in case you were wondering. Each one of them. Which is okay. I just... That's why I, I... Made that. Those uh, who made that introduction. Um, um, what did I put here? Uh, this is probably one of my favorite scores by Alan Silvestri. He's been known for like Back to the Future. He he's a big collaborator with Robert Zemeckis films. Okay. Um, you see his name everywhere. You, you see, he's done a ton of films, but it's just God, there's something fantastic about that driving score. Well, it's just right it's when kind it of hits. it kind of plays out. Did he do Terminator? No, I don't believe so. Uh, but it's kind of, kind of plays off of that. It doesn't play off of that, but it's it's similar. It's kind of got that drive. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's sort of marchy. It's yeah. not marchy. Um, <laughs> it's John Philip Sousa. <laughs> <laughs> Let's lose the tuba. It's, it doesn't. It takes the drama out of it. <laughs> but what was the other note that I had here? It says, "Good or bad, Schwarzenegger films, especially from the '80s and early '90s, really embody." what I sought out to watch whenever my parents were around. <laughs> I mean, it's like I have a special place in my heart for Schwarzenegger movies, especially in the 80s and early 90s. When he was good. When yeah. he was when the movies were better too, especially. Sure. Uh, I put down here is like I have a special place in my heart for Schwarzenegger films because he was the one who stole my R-rated virginity. <laughs> <laughs> my first R-rated movie was The Running Man. So that's why I normally I can't initially discredit. It's his, a Stephen his, King story, you know his movie. So did you know that? Uh, yes. Are some of his films better than others? Of course. But if I'm flipping through the channels, which is rare these days since I don't have cable television anymore, <laughs> but if I'm flipping through the channels at another house while trying to find something to watch, you know, if I come across an '80s Schwarzenegger <clears throat> film, you can bet your ass that I'll probably put the remote down and settle in for 90 minutes. Without question. Or however much time is left. Or however much time is left, absolutely. Uh, oh, this is the interesting part that I put in trivia. Um, the Predator's blood is the goopy substance with the color of Mountain Dew. was made on set using a mixture of the liquid inside glow sticks mm. and KY jelly. Oh. I thought that was such a brilliant concept that they, their blood was... Iridescent. Kind of like iridescent, fluorescent. Yeah. Goo. It's like their Achilles heel. You can track them that way. Yeah. I used to have, uh, I still do. I'm still friends with them. But they used to be in a band, and their little gimmick was they would take, they always had black lights under them. It's like the footlights. And um, my friend Dave, one of the guitar players, would take a, he would go buy a highlighter and put it in a a bottle of cream soda and let it kind of diffuse. Mm -hmm. And then periodically he would take a drink of the cream soda, and then they would play, and he would just spit it, and the black lights would light it up like predator blood that wasn't their idea to be like the predator blood but he would it would be this iridescent spit dave if you're listening there's your shout out buddy <laughs> um um oh which is a great in-camera effect yeah although that's the other thing that was interesting is that actually the b 
piece of information that I, the mandibles of the predator mm-hmm. were actually an idea of James Cameron. Really? That's what. Is that from when he was doing predator or aliens? It may have been because I know possible. he had. I remember some story about him, uh, James Cameron and Giger, H.R. Giger, on a plane. Needed a sketch for it or something, and he—that's believable. I can't remember well, the story Cameron's altogether. Well, a fairly decent artist. He's one of those that storyboards everything, and mm-hmm. his drawings are pretty spectacular. Pretty close. Yeah, it said due to health and safety regulations, uh, Arnold was not allowed to light the cigar inside the helicopter near the beginning of the film. So, what you see him lighting and the little cherry that lights on his is all an optical effect. Wow. So that's cool. I didn't know. Yeah, that. I, I had no idea. I, I was like, I never would have made that thought. I'm like, yeah, well, he lights a cigar right before he gets off, and I'm sure you know the guys are like, you're gonna have to figure out a way to get around this. <laughs> we need He's you to big. act like you're smoking a cigar. Yes, now. act like you're smoking a cigar, and we'll put it in a little bit later in an optical effect. Oh, I'm gonna go back and check that out now. For me, there's not much that doesn't work. The the visual effects are like the special effects. The after aftermarket stuff, if whatever you want to call it. Yeah, they hold up well still. You, just... you tell me what that creature would look like, you know? I think they play well. I think the pacing is great. The story is great. The only thing I don't like is that um, Blaine refers to them as a bunch of slack-jawed faggots. <laughs> Other, every, time I, every, time, like... every time that plays, it's like, check your brake fluid, well, man. I mean... you're, you're grinding plate on plate. It's <laughs> like that line would not make it into a movie today unless you were trying to paint that person as a horrible person. Yeah. That's... Which is how he comes off for just a second, but... Uh, yeah, that's, that's the only thing that doesn't really doesn't really play well for me anymore. But uh, other than that, it's a ninety nine point nine percent in uh, my book. Was the other bit that they said? Nick um, <clears throat> Tiernan had said that um, that only some minor cuts were done on his film in order to get an R rating. Uh, but they said for Predator Two. Just a movie I'm not going to be watching for this ever. No, I'm they said on the other hand it had to be cut 20 minutes in order to get an R rating <laughs> from an NC-17. I guess. What was making it NC-17 that the it was mind just it was so mind-numbingly boring. boring? Yeah. God, I hate that movie. I've tried to watch it twice. Every time I've tried to watch it, I have fallen asleep. Maybe the NC-17 would have made it better, but I then it would have felt probably like a Paul Verhoeven. <laughs> predator movie that could be cool that, that see that could be better. cool yeah. ultra violence I, you know violence to the point where it's almost comical Pre- yeah predator 2 is the silver bullet of predator movies shit i said it <laughs> well you've got a special thing prepared for your uh your favorite line so i'm gonna go with a couple of mine it was hard yeah. to it was hard to nail down a couple um the first and it's just probably not gonna be any big surprise but my two favorite lines are uh and i'm gonna do them in order Son of a bitch is dug in deeper than an Alabama tick. <laughs> and then um, right after that, they pop a grenade up there. Uh, I think Poncho throws a grenade. and uh, Or something happens. I can't quite remember. But Blaine, uh, he's, he's hit. You're hit. You're bleeding. And he says, I ain't got time to bleed. He did have some of the better lines. That's some they, shit they, my dad would say. And they, it's to, <laughs> a real dude, a real man's man have, says that kind of shit. I don't have shit. time for this. I have more important yeah, things to take care of. Plug it, wrap let's it up go. with some tape, and let's get on with we got shit to do. <laughs> <laughs> what are your two? What are your favorite lines, Nathan? Uh, they'd, be, they'd go kind of like this: "You son of a bitch! What's the matter? The CIA got you pushing too many pencils. This stuff will make you a goddamn sexual tyrannosaurus. If it bleeds, we can kill it. Get to the chopper! You won." Ugly motherfucker. I didn't feel like writing them all down. <laughs> well, I, I kind of feel like uh, just watch the movie again, really. <laughs> you know, other than a couple of basic plot points. You know, as far as uh, a couple of the helicopters and uh, dudes in TV shirt, there's nothing that really dates the movie. Yeah. Some of the guns, but again, I don't know guns, so just guns are guns to me. So it doesn't really tie it to a specific time. No, it doesn't. So yeah, I think it still works. And uh, it's like if you could make one change to the film, what would it be? I I, I left this one blank. I honestly, I would I take out that stick around line because <laughs> it's so it kind of pulls you out of the movie, and it's 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 a little <laughs> wink. It's so corny now. It's funny, and I like referencing it. But when they he walks in and sees him for the first time, goes Dylan, and then they do <laughs> the arm wrestle, handshake, hug thing. Yeah, the CIA got you pushing too many pencils. I mean. <laughs> 
it's Arnold, and so that's why it doesn't bother me. I guess if it was my film, I go, ooh, I'm going to edit that one out. Yeah, take that out. Yeah, I, I think the stick around line, while, while it's kind of cute, it, uh, it just sort of dilutes Dutch. It just starts, dilutes, yeah. just, dilute, just for just a second, but I mean... It does, yeah. It it removes part of... Because he's, he's, uh, he's, he's the mercenary with a conscience. Yeah, exactly. You know, he, they don't murder people per se. We're, they're not we're not assassins. Yeah. We but he sure took he sure took joy in burying that <laughs> impaling that dude with his caber or whatever that machete thing is. <laughs> you right know, into the trees. 11 15 inches deep I think is if uh, the adventures of Sherlock Holmes smarter brother tells me anything the human body while inflated is 15 inches thick. So <laughs> he impaled that dude at least 16 inches. <laughs> it was a Gene Wilder movie so it has to be has to be fact. Yeah. But all I put down was, does it still hold up? Absolutely. The visuals were used just enough to fascinate the viewer, wondering how they did that, but it never feels like it's overused. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I have written here is something you mentioned earlier. I said the the processing, and I don't really know shit about film, but it feels like it's, um, you know how Saving Private Ryan is washed? Yeah, it's got a grainy feel to it. Yeah, it's got a grainy feel combined with the location, help give it that sweaty, closed-in, claustrophobic feel that you talked about earlier. There was. I remember either seeing or reading something as to why there are certain parts that feel grainier than others. But I'll be honest with you, um, I can't remember. <laughs> I, 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 but I don't care. I, there, I no, like I, that feel. The feel works well, but there was a purpose for it. Was it a purpose or an accident? Uh, I. Part of me is thinking it was an accident. Sure. But either way, I can't remember the cause of it now. I may have been smart to write it down when I read it. But I didn't. The, the scene after Blaine is killed, which is Blaine is uh, Jesse Ventura. If you, it's it's hard for me to remember characters' names sometimes. I agree. But uh, the scene right after he's killed, when they all just lay waste to that acre and a half of jungle, how much ammo did this small clandestine strike force actually take in with them? Because it doesn't look like that much initially. Where did they find all this shit? Did they take it from that little village after? I they- have a hard time believing that that little village suddenly had all of the ammunition that their weapons specifically used. <laughs> A couple of what? What do they refer to him as? A couple of half-assed mountain boys, right? Um, which it was. They they thought the predator was a couple of half-assed. I mountain mean, their boys. generator was a truck up on right, <laughs> and they've got CIA-approved weapon ammo in there. Yeah, I mean, we know that they were collecting information from the Russians or something <laughs> stupid like that. What I have here is like, but then we find out it bleeds radiator fluid, and if it bleeds, we can kill it. <laughs> it bleeds radiator fluid. It's that could be another potential. It bleeds radiator fluid. We can kill it. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna write that one down. <laughs> if and we'll cut this out. Um, um, yeah. The creature effects. Tell talk about those. Okay. Well, the creature effects by Stan Winston. <laughs> um, yeah. Good uh, two point. seconds. Radiator fluid. We can kill it. <laughs> if it bleeds radiator fluid, we can slowly poison someone to death with it. <laughs> You've watched enough of Forensic Files as well, huh? <laughs> what is that? Uh, uh, ethylene glycol is what that shit is. Radiator fluid. Anyway, the creature effects by Stan Winston are great. Um, it's based off the H.R. Giger design um, and further tying the Predator to the alien verse, the alien universe. Or actually, I think it was the start of them being. The first time I remember together. them putting them together was a game that I played, I think, on one of my desktop computers, and it was rather intense. It was the it was Alien Alien versus Predator, which has a shit movie. That is a yeah. Shit, well, we're shit not talking movie. about that. I'm just talking about the game. The game was great because it it involved basically you're playing those corporal or whatever Marines from the Aliens film, okay, okay. and you're dealing with aliens oh. and being hunted by oh. a predator. Um, uh, I think it's a mostly a fan theory, which I'm sure popped up online, but that um, Dutch. Is actually it, this connects Alien, Predator, and Terminator, and it posits that Dutch is actually the human model for the T one hundred because he was such a badass human and he defeated this That's thing. That's an interesting fan theory. And uh, if I can find the link, I'll, I'll have it posted below. Uh, if I can't find the link and it's not posted below, then find it yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Five closing thoughts on this one. Some are, some of these I write them out better than others. This one I have a fairly good. I got a few more things to get sure. to. Um, 
We didn't talk about Anna at all. Like, she doesn't do much. No. Other than... The, she has the, one of the more haunting lines, though, is that the, the, uh, the jungle came alive and took him. She's there to tell them that what is happening doesn't... It happens sometimes where they are. Like, when it's super hot, they find bodies like this, which makes you think that the predator has been coming to this jungle for years to kill yeah. Central Americans for some reason? I don't know. It seems unfortunate that they've been sending these aliens down here for years. To kill poor little villagers. Which I guess now that I, now that I say it that way, that's the implication of that is that... That's horrible. That's weird and that kind of yeah. doesn't work, but yeah. you, you gloss over that. <laughs> I, yeah, this isn't one of our criteria for reviewing these, but I, I honestly when I watched it this time, and it'll probably change next time, but I think Mac might be my favorite character in it. Oh, the one who's always shaving? Yeah, right? Bill Duke. Bill Duke, right. He like he plays it. Bill Duke plays him. Which Bill Duke's a subdued actor anyway. Right up until you need him to lose his shit. And then he loses his shit in the most, I think, realistic... I mean... He just lost his best friend. Yeah, well, and he plays crazy well. Like, quiet, weird, crazy. There was only one anchor holding him down in regards to his sanity, and that was Blaine. And that was, was Jesse Blaine. Ventura. Wow. So he is... <laughs> He is not tethered well anyway. When that anchor gets cut loose, he just goes all over the place. Um, I noticed. I did notice one continuity error. It's an. It's almost an Ed Wood sized continuity error. So here it is. Dutch and Preds go into the drink at the same time, and it's daylight when he goes over the waterfall. And, right. And then it's suddenly nighttime. Yeah, I don't think I ever even. Again, if that's that. if that's my problem with this movie, then I need to not watch it anymore. If you're to the point where this is pissing you off, yeah, you and it doesn't. It's just I, I did. I just I do notice it because he goes over that waterfall, which is a really cool stunt, and then he's swimming, and that's when he gets the mud all over him and figures out that Preds sees with heat vision. The sucker's got heat vision. <laughs> <laughs> which Damn. brings me to my what I have here for the third act, which is the nighttime is the right time for a winner take all <laughs> interplanetary heavyweight bout between Major Dutch. And one ugly motherfucker. <laughs> Nighttime is the right time. So I'm gonna take off all my gimmicks and all my space shit, and I'm gonna kick your ass with my bare hands. Come on, kill me! I'm here! I'm here! <laughs> yeah. But Preds is too smart for that. He sees it. It's a how he sees it. I don't know, but some sort of hokey trap, and then Arnold crushes him with a Buick-sized uh, forest log. log. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, I've talked a minute, so I've got. I'm ready for my final thoughts. What are yours? Uh, Predator is the perfect Arnold Schwarzenegger action vehicle. Uh, <clears throat> it's lean and mean, clocking in just under 110 minutes. It wastes no time and utilizes uh, each scene, building upon the mythos of the of the alien that is hunting them. Arnold is impeccably cast as Dutch. Leader of the commandos in the eventual driving force of the film, Dutch exceeds on the most primitive level of survival. Hunt or be hunted. Adapt to your surround surroundings and learn from your enemy. The film succeeds on many levels. It's a technological achievement, a taut suspense thriller with just the right amount of science fiction expertly executed by John McTiernan and his, uh, his director of photography. Um, Arnold in the 80s and early 90s is what John Wayne was in the 50s and 60s. Neither of them were really great actors, but they were iconic. When the film was good, their performance didn't really matter. A good John Wayne movie was just considered a good movie. The same can easily be said for Schwarzenegger. I agree with you totally. My final thoughts are far more succinct, but they basically say the same thing. I love Predator. I always have. I always will. It's easily tied for my favorite Arnold movie. I wrote that before I watched Total Recall for the second time, so that's going to change just a little bit. But it's a small cast. It's a simple story. They have no real reliance on special effects other than just a couple of things here and there. It's like you said, a good movie is a good movie. Well, you can't miss when you've got good material. Yeah. It's a winner in my book, and I may watch it again when we're done today. There it, there it is. That's Predator. Um, more of a love note than a than a review but yeah but sometimes that's how it goes with um take a quick break you're gonna hear the trailer for our next movie which is what nathan uh that would be total recall mm, can't wait see you in a second your mind it is the center of your life it is everything you hear 
Everything you see. Everything you feel. It is everything you are. How would you know if someone stole your mind? Arrest that woman! Get ready for a surprise! We can't let him run around, he knows too much. They've got your bug. I got a lock. There! The bug's in your skull. Take this thing out of the case and stick it up your nose. Welcome to Mars. You got a lot of nerve showing your face around here. Look who's talking. If I'm not me, who the hell am I? He's got a hologram! Welcome to Johnny Cab. Drive! Where can I take you tonight? We hope you enjoyed the ride. It's 1990 all over again. I'm sticking just to get, just to get to it. I'm sticking with Miller High Life. Oh. Nathan, what are you having again? Sam Adams. Sam Adams. Summer ale. Summer ale. Summertime being the time for blockbusters, which Total Recall wasn't a blockbuster, but I think it was a summer release. <clears throat> oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. I saw it at the drive-in, and damn if it didn't uh, make a lasting impression on me. That was a. <laughs> It's uh, Paul Verhoeven's version of uh, Philip K. Dick uh, story. What is it? We, we can remember it for you wholesale. wholesale. Um, Philip K. Dick was good, uh, fertile ground for a lot of uh, our science fiction stuff that we enjoy. At least yeah, for the most part. from our from our generation, starting with I think starting with Blade Runner. Blade Runner. Uh, yeah, he did. I've never really read any Philip K. Dick. I, I typically yeah. let Hollywood turn it into a movie for me, so that <laughs> makes it a little easier to digest. I can. Th- I- he may have done more than three. The only three that I can initially think off right at the top of my head is, you know, Total Recall, Blade Runner, and then Minority Report. Oh, okay, that was another him. one okay. of his. Now there have there have probably been more, but those are the first three that pop into my mind. Pop into I, my head. Yeah, I haven't I haven't read the, the. I think it was a short story, as opposed to a, a book. But I've I've not read it, so I can't super compare it to the source material. I can compare it to what I've read that the 2012 Total Recall was closer to the source material. So this Total Recall, my favorite Total Recall, is probably a departure. Because I hated the 2012 Total Recall. Because it was stupid. Until I watched it again this time through through sort of a... And I am not a film critic. I'm a person that has opinions and they're my opinions and that's it. Uh, but watching it through a, a more critical eye, it's a little... It, it took a step down to Predator. Yeah. And... By like half a step. It's like is you said it, earlier, it's the thinking man's sort of sci-fi action movie. Yeah. Just depends on who that man is that's thinking, right? <laughs> yes. Because at first I'm like, oh yeah, that's a good way to, to look at it. And then you're like, yeah, but whatever thinking man's action movie is starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> and has that much damn violence in it. Yeah. It's oh. a violent act. And not nearly as bad as RoboCop. No, um, it's like you take all of the humor out of Total Recall... And then you have RoboCop. Yeah. Oh, we're not talking about yeah. RoboCop right now. <laughs> we're Let's- talking about Total Recall. And Total Recall stars Arnold Schwarzenegger as Douglas Quaid. Um, Doug oh. is a super buff construction worker. <laughs> and I'm, That uh, jackhammer really... Hey, that also, a, the, he doesn't know how to use a jackhammer. That's the first I, like, I use CrossFit. A jack- <laughs> I use a jackhammer. <laughs> I, I have used a jackhammer on numerous occasions, and it's really not that hard. He makes it look like it is a damned workout. It's not. It's just the jackhammer does the work for you. You just keep it. You keep it like uh, plus or minus, closer to you or further away from you, left or right. You you keep it in the center of the compass, basically. He's pushing it into the earth. Yeah, he's like Chuck Norris doing push-ups. You push the earth down. So he's having recurring nightmares about Mars, and he feels like his life um, (laughs) feels like his life should have more meaning. Because he's a super buff construction worker. Married to Sharon Stone. Married to Sharon Stone, and that's it. Um, that's in Total Recall. We're introduced to our protagonist, Douglas Quaid, a lowly construction worker on, on Earth in 2084. Married to Sharon Stone. Yes. Who longs for something more than his ordinary life. Haunted by reoccurring dreams about Mars, he goes against his wife's suggestion to travel to Saturn, and his friend's advice, 
and decides to visit Recall, a memory implant company, and signs up for a <coughs> signs up for memories of a two-week vacation to Mars with the added bonus of a secret agency fantasy package add-on. What could go wrong right there? <laughs> Before the memories are implanted, Quaid is thrust into a thrilling espionage adventure that takes him to Mars and uncovers a plot that could expose Cohagen's monopolistic control on the planet's air supply. Which brings me to my next point I have here is Mars is shown to be like what we're shown as the Middle East looking like. Just a constant barrage of violence and disarray. Yeah. Chaos, basically. Uh, and for some reason, Doug wants to go there. Why would he want to? Why would he want to go? Yeah, to, I never thought about that. Why does he want to go to Mars? He's drawn like, to Mars. It's like Northern yeah, like, Ireland. I'm, I'm being drawn to a war zone. Yeah, it's like wanting to go to Northern Ireland wonderful. 30 years ago. It's, it's, it's wonderful. <laughs> it's it's it's, it's, it's wunderbar. Um, Instead of his wife, hey, let's go to Venus. Let's go to Venus. I'm like, I don't want to go, go to Venus, Venus either. You can't do anything there. But, <laughs> but I would go to Saturn. I would go to Mars. I would just go to the other side of Mars, where there's not. How about Saturn? War-torn terrorism. Don't you want to go to Saturn? <laughs> <laughs> no, I want to go to Mars. I want to get my ass to Mars. <laughs> um, yeah, a couple reasons that it goes down to peg for me is the visual. It, it relies a lot more on visual effects. Mm-hmm. Um, some stand up. Some the miniature stuff yeah. is still miniatures. I love miniatures. I can't say it enough. Kids, I There's really a, I love in camera and practical effects. Not that miniatures are practical anymore, but right. But it's the, the miniatures are it's an art form, mm-hmm. if you ask me. And it's uh, that, that just it says that you care uh, about your your film. And I've, it's one of the last films to actually use miniatures. Um, but a lot of it, um, the subway thing, the, the X ray scanner. Oh yeah, still plays. Still plays. Still, I think they were just starting to play with that type of CGI. Mm-hmm. But I, have you noticed that? It seems like the special effects crew can't seem to fashion his head correctly in special effects shots. They come pretty close. I mean, well, when that thing comes off his head and it pulls it out and up and over, that's not Schwarzenegger. Well, no, but it's supposed to be close enough. Just like in like Terminator, Terminator Two, and Terminator eye out, and Terminator Three, and Terminator Salvator Genesis. Five. So yeah, I've I've got uh, that one. Kind of stands out still. It's like his face is irked a little bit. Yeah, like he's had like, he's a little bit of a palsy. Well, I mean, or it something. may be it may be really uncomfortable <laughs> to have your head in a weird robotic. <laughs> to be wearing a fat lady suit. The um, first thing that I always think about two weeks. True. Two weeks. That when I first think of Total Recall, that's the first scene that pops in my head is such an advanced technology, <laughs> and it's got like a pre-select of like three lines, if that, and if it goes past that, it malfunctions. Maybe it was the first gen of that system. Maybe. It was like the that was the, the in twenty eighty four. It was it was uh, that was the first was the model. 1.0. Yeah, that was the first model year, and he had he had no choice. He had to get his ass to Mars, so he had to go with. The new thing. If and it just, starts to vibrate, you should probably pull on the ear so you can get it off your head. And then throw it at someone. Right. Get away fast. Yes, because the last line the head will say is, what is it? Get ready Wait, for a surprise. surprise! And then explodes. Because <laughs> it turns into a grenade. I thought that was funny as shit when I was a kid. Because it can't, it can't answer a simple damn question like, are you bringing any fruits and vegetables to the planet? But all of a sudden it cobbles Shoot. together. I mean, you know it's going to have to go, if you have to go through customs, it's going to ask you those questions. Sure. And you think it would be pre program to go nope (laughs) but it automatically develops a sense of humor and more facial articulation two weeks welcome to our podcast about a very specific scene of total recall (laughs) (laughs) um so he gets to mars and he flashes his we've kind of skipped ahead we're not going to go. We've missed some, we've missed a bunch of super violence on Earth. We're talking about um, a movie that's like so he goes to recall. Years old, he so. goes to recall, takes the takes the Mars thing and superhero package or whatever, and all hell breaks loose. He ends up killing some people from work because they attack him, and he gets home, tells his wife, she flips out, um, and knocks then, her out. Well, she tries to kill him. Oh um, yes, that's right. And then his shit, he starts to get paranoid, and then. He gets a call from some dude with a mullet. Dude with a mullet tells him, go here, do this. Go here, do this. Robert Picardo is his robot taxi driver. He goes to this broken down warehouse, pulls a bullet out of his brain that is glowing and covered in blood snot. (laughs) Then he gets a message from himself under a different name. 
tells him to get his ass to Mars. He gets his ass to Mars, blows up the lady's head with the surprise. And he goes to the hotel on Mars, the Hilton on Mars, which looks like it looks... What's the? It's just uh, it's just Mars, but you go to Venusville. That's where all the psychics are. But it just Venusville looks... was where all the poontang. Oh, was. that's right. That's it's the like space the, horse. It's it's the red light district of Mars. I think is what Venusville. Which they would just call the light district on Mars. Right. Everything is red <laughs> or orangey. Which red. they do another good job of actually making you feel kind of closed in because it's in within a bubble because right. Mars has no atmosphere, at least for humans. Yeah. Um. So he goes and he meets Melina, and he's been feeding it blondes. He's, <laughs> she grabs his unit. What you been feed this thing? Blondes. Blondes. Melina is part of uh, underground resistance. Under, underground la resistance. Um, why? Why not? <laughs> Fighting against Cohagen, who is monopolizing over the air. I mean, I guess. He has enough industrial plants and things of that nature on this planet that he's he has a controlling interest in everything that is of Mars. And the last thing I guess he wants to do is bring breathable atmosphere to Mars, which would ruin his monopolization of the mines. So the the myth of it is that there's a turbidium mine there, and they found this turbidium, that's what they call it, and they found this as one guy says it I found that alien shit inside and which they theorize is a reactor that will melt the ice core of Mars giving science to the air and and making it breathable for all mankind and it's sort of left ambiguous whether Cohagen thinks it really is that or he's afraid that it'll cause the whole planet to go into meltdown Either way, he's profiting off of it not being operational and living. If it's if it if it if it doesn't work and will destroy the whole planet, he's going to a live and b profit off of his canned air. It is in his best interest to keep this reactor from being turned on. Yeah, very, Ronnie Cox very much uh, playing the same character he was in RoboCop. Douche, douche, yeah. extraordinary. No, no, douche extraordinaire. Eighties douche extraordinaire. Um, and then Michael Ironside also plays. He's a great bastard, man. He plays such a great bastard. And he's he he as well. Michael Ironside as well as Ronnie Cox are both utilized several times in, in Paul Verhoeven uh, stuff. Paul Verhoeven because I think uh, Michael Ironside shows up in like Starship Troopers. Oh, I forgot he did. I, yeah, it's talk about that movie. Uh, <laughs> um, I thought they did a really cool job. Uh, with the Earth exteriors, anyway, the Mars stuff is cool because it's again you're supposed to be inside a bubble and you're supposed to be claustrophobic, and the a lot of the Mars exteriors are miniature or whatever. But the Earth stuff was filmed in Mexico City at um, Concrete Village. Yeah, but at the time <laughs> that, that was a brand new building and yeah. it was it was a new federal building, and it was a new like a year or two old, and it had this futuristic look. And you know, it's, it's I wouldn't say Earth is supposed to be dystopian in Total Recall, but it's a little they kind of utilitarian, and it still yeah. it still plays for it, me. I think it still plays as well because I was just like, oh, so basically in the future everything is concrete mm-hmm. is what my first thoughts was watching this. Where are the trees? We don't have those anymore. All we have <laughs> is concrete, and what concrete we don't want anymore, we're gonna give to Dennis or give to Quay to uh, jackhammer, jackhammer it, <laughs> break it down. I almost called him Dennis Quaid. What a different movie that would have been. Dennis yeah. Quaid plays Douglas Quaid in Total Recall. Right. He's Douglas. He's my brother. <laughs> yeah. Verhoeven at his peak Verhoeven-ness here. Um, not quite as rough as Murphy's Death and Robocop, but it's up there. And the, I mean, di- the dialogue is a bit... It's it's a bit... It's a bit ham-handed. And uh, I wouldn't say ham-handed it. so much, but it's... I don't want to keep saying wooden in these, but... Stiff? Stiff, yeah. Hard. Metallic. Old metallic. The the, the the Lori character is more downplayed in the new version, the 2013 version. It has been forever since I've... I watched it like last year. Did you? Like she's like... The new, the, the new one isn't bad. bad. It's just... I'm comparing it. It's more like Minority Report to me. It looks like Minority Report and it's that's too effects reliant. Um, but Lori, I forget who plays her in the 2013. She's a badass too. Oh, um, isn't it like um, she's neither neither Lori nor Melina are shit takers in uh, either version of Total Recall. 
Which is, my mom still hates Sharon Stone because of her role in this movie. Because she's such like a, just a little yeah, a double a double agent. Uh, that right, right there it is in my notes. This movie made my mom hate Sharon Stone. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I mean, there's not been a lot. I like Sharon Stone. Do you? Really? I thought she. I. I mean, I didn't like her as a kid in this movie because she was a, a villain. Um, in one movie that she's in that you that's the good casino oh damn it you got me I totally <laughs> forgot about that one. okay if you had to remove casino from the table total recall <laughs> not the quick and the dead though uh, not uh, basic instinct or basic instinct 2 yeah <laughs> so Paul uh, Verhoeven tried to get her to do a nude scene in this and she wouldn't do it she absolutely refused good for her and then he, he jokingly said because he's a skeevy fart uh, he's like, yeah, but I got her. I got her to do it in in Basic Instinct. I got her back, whatever. So that's his that's his revenge is to make her show her vagina on film. <laughs> he just wants to see Sharon Stone naked. I think is what it is. This is the first movie I I can recall where someone was used as a human shield. Yeah, I remember. Like, hey, I'm gonna run up this escalator and use this. I mean, I. <laughs> I can't remember if the guy had already been killed he at had, first. Uh, he had been shot, and Arnold saw that he had, had been shot. And he was, and he was went, done for. And went, human shield. You're done anyway, and you're a fat guy, so... Yeah, it's just... This movie is violent. It is. It is gory. I don't... It is... Definitely, yeah, maybe not gory, but it is definitely bloody. Yeah, but... I wouldn't say it's an almost comical amount of yeah, violence. it's... It's, it's, it's up there. Yeah, it's brimming at the top. <laughs> um, some of the effects and technology are dated, but you know it's it's thirty years old. Show me a movie from thirty years ago that go back thirty years and and then look at a movie from the seventies or the mid sixties seventies that the, the effects weren't dated. You know. Yeah. So I, I can I can forgive it that. Oh yeah. <laughs> the uh, whatever the town where uh, Quaid lives on Earth, the uh, light up billboard. Is advertising Sony Trinitron TVs, <laughs> which when I stopped delivering those, they weighed about three hundred pounds. You know, yeah, you can, those you, were you, anything that was Sony based when we worked where we worked were horribly heavy. And they are advertising also on the billboards Fuji Film, <laughs> because in twenty eighty four, we're still using film. We're still using. We're still watching television on a television. Bearing in mind that Quaid's watching television on a panel on his wall. Which is a little more believable. I mean, sure, we're do, we're doing it now. Yeah, um, but the film I thought was funny. I never even thought about that Fuji film. We just didn't take the sign down. <laughs> um, if you have this on DVD, I got the I got the last special edition edition of this when it came out. So the case that comes around was it in the moon case thing, or was it that disc just not in that case? I remember those were horrible to put on the shelf. <laughs> they were because it wasn't the in the shape of Mars. It yeah. wasn't in the moon case, it like, but it was like a special edition, and there's a uh, and there's a really cool uh, Visions of Mars uh, featurette on there that has some great stuff about the Martian miniatures that they did, which I, as I think I said earlier, it was um, one of the last movies to actually use miniature at to to some ex- like to some larger extent to right. establish a a shot um, or a location. Uh, David Cronenberg was actually set to direct this. Um, at one point, and he had done like twelve different drafts of the script. I can't imagine it being much darker. It, would, it, it wouldn't have been as funny. It wouldn't have been funny, and it would have been just as dark, but in a different way. It would have been. It would have been more gross than violent. Yeah. Which I, I wouldn't mind. I'd mind. I wouldn't mind seeing that. You want to trade some humor for gross? Is that what you're saying in this? Make it a little grittier. Yeah. Maybe. A little like I don't know. It would have been. It wouldn't bother me. It to wouldn't. See it. I don't think it would have been as uplifting towards the end of Blue Sky on Mars, which is that'll come or uplifting, but it you know end on a positive note. It ends more on positive. I don't think it would have had as an uplifting ending. I'm gonna lift my no real f bomb. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying. We're trying to make this as safe for work as possible. But if you're listening to us at work, you know. Get that's, to work. That's why you have earbuds. <laughs> but I, I try to make this as safe for work as possible. But I'm going to lift the no f bomb or the minor f bomb at, at least once for my favorite line in the movie. Oh, is it? Oh, it may not be. <laughs> I don't know what yours is, but mine is. That's for making me come to Mars. You know how much I hate this. 
fucking planet. <laughs> Is that your favorite? That's line? my favorite line in the movie. Because I, I can identify with that. There, there are places I hate to go. I mean, I wouldn't beat the hell out of my wife for making me go there, but I just her. That's why I like Sharon Stone in this movie because she's she's not, she trained her ass off. She trained her ass off for that fight with Melina too, and was like, that's her. A lot of the a lot of the fighting is Sharon Stone because she wasn't as big a star at the time to have a stunt double. But what's your favorite line? It has the f bomb in it as well. We can well, lift a lot of f bombs in this movie, anyway. Absolutely, we can we can lift it. We're all adults right. here. <laughs> Don't fuck with your brain, pal. It ain't worth it. <laughs> <laughs> what was his name? Uh, uh, Harry. Harry from work. He was the boss. That <laughs> <laughs> you find out is like a, a planted agent later on, or oh, at yeah. least in that storyline. What if you could change one thing about this movie? What would you change? Uh, the scene where Quaid tries to get through Mars customs and his prosthetic uh, head pulls apart to reveal someone who doesn't really look like Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> as fantastic as that visual effect still is, it always gets on my nerves, just like that scene in The Terminator where you know it's not Arnold's head as he removes his eye to reveal the cyborg, uh, you know, With exoskeleton him. underneath. Or endoskeleton or whatever. Endoskeleton. Yeah. That's what you that's, would change? That's what I would change. That one, I don't know. We talked the, about it before. That's yeah. The, and mine is something we talked about before, too. I uh, There's not a lot I would change about it, really. I, I Kind of like you said, some special effects stuff could be, be updated or done away with or whatever. But if I could change one thing, I would actually watch the Patrick... I would like to see the Patrick Swayze, David Cronenberg version that was, I think, the one that was going to happen before it took one final dive and then... Schwarzenegger got involved with with Verhoeven. It, it's like we said earlier; it would have been crazy and gross, and it's how Patrick Swayze would have played that character. It would have been a totally different movie. Yeah, it could have been as bad as the 2013 one, or could have been like Roadhouse in space is what it would have been. It would have been Roadhouse on Mars, which would be awesome. I think for the most part, it still holds up uh, pretty well. Some of the tropes are a bit played out, and. Uh, Women's roles, while stronger than most, still take a back seat. Um, the 2012 or 2013 rather update took that notion uh, too far the other way, and Laurie seems more like a Terminator in the the remake from 2013. But I think it I think it still plays well, provided you know you're watching 27 year old sci fi movie set almost entirely on another planet. Well, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I still think for the most part it holds up. Like we've discussed already, some of the visuals a b- are a little dated. Yeah. Um, but my final thoughts are like I consider Total Recall one of Arnold's five essential films. I think we've talked about yeah these are two of my favorites. There's a total of five that I think are his core films. If anyone says I've never seen an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, which ones would I? Which ones do you recommend? Well, there's five. Jingle all the way. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> and I saw that in the theater, and I hate it was so, so did I. horrible. Because I was expecting something else. A good movie. Um, would be The Terminator. Mm-hmm. Then it would be Predator. Mm-hmm. And then it would be Total Recall. Mm-hmm. And then it would be Terminator 2, mm-hmm. Judgment Day, and then um, True Lies. I'll give you True Lies. I can't. I don't think I could do five. I could do four for sure. But I'll give you True Lies because it's, uh, it's, it's... It's been probably a decade since I've seen True Lies. It's... It's got some, it's got some mm, schmaltz to it now, but but I think that's, I think that, um, I think Schwarzenegger's his work with like Ivan Reitman, a more comedic director, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. doing like Twins and Kindergarten Cop, I think that made him more likable to be able to become a better comedic timing sure. yeah. actor, which he was not as. Well vetted. See, I really then. liked. I really liked Terminator Genesis, and I'm not ashamed of saying that. Oh, I'm not ashamed of saying it either. I actually <laughs> liked it. I thought well. it was a nice twist on it. Yeah, I liked it a lot more than I liked Salvation. It was horrible. Never saw that one. And I didn't mind um, the third Terminator. I didn't like it. Was with, okay. with the one with Angela from My So Called Life in it? Oh, is yeah. that Rise of the Machine? Yeah, that movie yeah. sucked. The movie was poop. Um. Sorry, but, I cut your final no, thoughts in but half. No, Go ahead. I kind of stopped anyway, but it was just... It's a perfectly executed science fiction action-adventure B-movie that's expertly directed by Paul Verhoeven. I think this is probably Paul Verhoeven's best movie 
overall, at least of everything that I've seen of his. Absolutely. Um, the film blends just the right amount of violence, sex, action, and humor without overplaying its hand. Total Recall <clears throat> hit the screens with a, a late summer release in 90, back when R-rated films were fun and studios were willing to take a gamble on a film that not everyone could pay to see in the theater. And you're just now kind of starting to see a bit of that resurgence, because for the last 20 years, it seems like no one wants... Like, the studios were so scared to do R-rated movies, so rarely do they do R-rated movies, because... If they do, they're Saw limits. movies. Yeah, they're, if they're just gore, blood and guts, yeah. horror usually it is what they tend to lean on more than anything else. And everything that they want to lean on that's going to bring them in money is going to be a PG-13 in order to widen the scope enough in order to bring as many people in to, pay, to be able to pay and see it. And it just feels like PG-13 movies are so diluted. There's so much. Everything's PG-13. Why? Mm-hmm. Because, well, we don't do PG because now everyone thinks it's a kid's movie and we don't do R because it limits who can go and see it. And I don't even know why I wrote this down because thinking about, I wasn't even thinking about I wasn't even thinking about the remake that they did. I'm like, nowadays the studios would push for a PG-13 rating to try and guarantee the largest audience. You and, couldn't make this a PG-13 movie. Well, you couldn't make this one. That's when they remade and did the Colin Farrell Remake castrated version, of yeah, it. and it doesn't play as well because it's just it plays like Minority Report, yeah, like you live in this future and it's this. And the, the but the 2013 has several nods to this, mm-hmm. this version of it, right? Because the new people like you and me would, would be watching it. I've seen it once, and that's all once. I want to see it, yeah. yeah. It's nothing. Did you just quote me. Johnny Dangerously? Did you just quote Joe Piscopo from Johnny a, Dangerously? It's been a long time since I've seen that, too, but that's one of the few lines I remember from that one. My father hanged me on a hook once. 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 <laughs> uh, before I get to my final thoughts, here's the thing. You mentioned it earlier. It was all a dream. I was going to ask you that. Do you Paul think, Verhoeven, Do you think, do you in, think it was Hauser, the, the secret double agent on Mars all along? Or are we watching his two-week memory implant? Or do you think we're watching a dream? You're watching him have his, his embolism implant. in real time. Because if you go back and watch it, uh, first of all, you can watch the featurette or commentary with Paul Verhoeven where he says, yeah, it's absolutely a dream because it fades to white at the end instead of fading to black. It's all the, the recall implant. So the last time you see Douglas Quaid is when he... You see Melina's head mm-hmm. in the thing, in the, the women. Right. Sleazy and demure. Well, he's never going to want to come back. And then, and then they also make the hint of the blue sky on Mars, huh? Never heard. Of it. Yeah, I yeah. remember that saying that too. And the salesman at Recall, That's a new one. he the salesman at Recall. If you go back and watch it, he literally describes the, everything that happens. That happens. Which I don't like. That <laughs> I want it. I I like, do and I don't. I never really thought that much about it until I I rewatched it again a couple weeks ago when doing it for this. I was like, I really, I was like, okay, so which one is it? Is he really Hauser? Or is he just I Douglas remember. Quaid? And once I rewatched it, I'm like, everything that the guy's selling him on happens. I'm like, this has got to be his memory implant dream. I remember as, as a kid watching it, and I, I got it, but I didn't totally get it. And I asked my mom, well, what what the, what the happened, you know? He's like, well, they, they kind of left it. That's so what my mom's trying to explain to a 9 or 10-year-old. It's an ambiguous ending. It's you're, it's supposed to leave you wondering. And I thought, well, that's bullshit. <laughs> tell, me it, tell me it was true or tell me it was false. Don't make me think. I'm an American. I don't want to think about I want you to tell me what happened in the movie. I don't like knowing what it was. I'd rather it be ambiguous. But it's not really. It's not Shakespeare. So if you if you watch it and think about it, it's he dies. <laughs> Quaid dies. He has his embolism. And that white you're seeing is him dying. Bummer. So it's not only a memory implant that kills him. I mean, that's that's when, that when they send thinking? when they send what's his worminess in and gives him the, the pill right before Sharon Stone says my favorite line, and he takes the pill and then he sees the dude sweat and then he shoots him in the head, right? <laughs> and then spits the pill back out on onto his neck because he tells him like, you'll you'll have a schizoid embolism and da 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 da. Um, it's implied that he he's either dead or he's a vegetable. <laughs> now Sharon Stone's. Just taking care of him for the rest of well, his Sharon, life. Well, Sharon Stone gets dead, too, because it's probably my second... Well, it's not really my second favorite line, but consider that a divorce, because he pops her in the head. <laughs> you also... So that'll, that'll take me into my final thoughts. You, a couple weeks ago, as you were watching it, I think I'd already watched it, but you texted me out of the blue and said, man, I never tire of watching Total Recall. I forget 
And then I pop it in. I'm like, God, I always I forgot how much I love this movie, how stupidly fun it is. You I, know? I treat it like the Beatles and I treat it like Nirvana in that there's a finite amount of material. You can't just you can't watch it every month. You can't right. listen to them every month because there's you know if you watch it if you do it all the time it's not a treat right right. But I saw this at the drive-in when I was nine or ten. Actually, as of, as I wrote these notes a couple three or four weeks ago, <laughs> From when you were nine or ten, yeah, it had actually uh, it was exactly twenty seven years ago to the day when I was sitting there watching it writing this and it came out and I, I loved it then I went home and took some G.I. Joes that I had and transformed the G.I. Joes into some of the uh, do you think this is Quaid it is that scene when the holographic um, uh, <laughs> it is <laughs> I watch it at least once a year sometimes more depending I, I think I've seen it twice this year once just because and once because of this um, you can keep your Terminator give me Total Recall uh, it also started my fascination with Mars of the two as of this writing Predator is now only slightly better Total Recall is always going to be on my shelf. Total Total Recall is still it's an like an A listed B movie. You know they got uh, you you, you, know, you hit the nail on the head with that. It is it is a perfect blend of sci fi action gritty and it's a it's a giant B movie. I, I couldn't have said that any better. I agree with you. So what are we uh, what are we going to review next? <sighs> That's a great question, man. I can go to the See, I watched these out of order, and my next one in my notes is Masters of the Universe, and I am so thankful we don't have to review that one again. <laughs> what is the next one I have after that? <sighs> are we going? Are we taking gonna, a cruise? We're gonna down? we're gonna set sail for the high seas. <laughs> we're gonna set sail for the high seas of Caribbean piracy with a pair of movies: Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl. And the 1995 classic, Cutthroat Island. It is going to be uh, a floating shit show. <laughs> Clearly, we know which one is better. I would think so, but <laughs> uh, yeah, there you have it. We're gonna we're gonna do that. We're gonna do Cutthroat Island, Pirates of the Caribbean. If you haven't seen those, if you haven't seen them in a long time, and you wanna. Follow along with our insults and. You can find Pirates of the Caribbean pretty much anywhere. Good luck trying to find Cutthroat Island. I had it. On, I, I streamed it on Hulu or Netflix. Look in a dumpster. That's probably where you're going to find a DVD copy of it. So, that's it for this week. Next week, Pirates of the Caribbean and Cutthroat Island. See you next time, kids.